we are we are up early now. Here's the thing. It's morning for some of us. It's evening for others. And some people will be listening to this on the podcast because even though we're live right now, um, there are those of us who will be reading on the podcast. Some of us will be checking this out later today because I make the audio available to my patrons on Patreon um, who support on Patreon. And if you're interested in supporting on uh, supporting us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Love your support. It's your support that makes all this possible. And it's the support of our patrons that make it possible for me to be here every morning. Um, and so anyway, my patrons will get this and some will be listening to this later. Um, there are those who will be listening to this on the podcast. Um, there are those who will be, you know, either uh, listening it to it through the podcast or through Patreon, looking, watching through video, watching through audio. And maybe you'll be getting some clips as well as I'll be posting it on YouTube. But as you'll notice, guys, we are here together in different parts of the world, in different time zones to come together to read the word. And what I endeavor to do with you is to actually expose you to the totality of scripture. I'm really just here to read the Bible with you and to read all the way through the Bible with you from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We started from Matthew and we've read all the way to Revelation and now we're going to be reading through Genesis and then we're going to read all the way through Revelation again. And so it's 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 what I believe at least to be the uh, most fruitful endeavor for anyone who is really wrestling with God, wrestling with faith, wrestling with what it means to be a Christian, wrestling with what this Jesus thing is really all about. Because a lot of it gets misinterpreted. A lot of it gets misquoted. A lot of it gets um, misused. In even the what I would call the mainstream church, a lot of it gets, gets misappropriated because they're taking pieces of it, not really reading it from uh, as a whole. And so that's what we want to do. We want to read the totality of the scriptures. This is not a Bible study. Bible study is reserved for um, Patreon. This is a Bible reading. And all we're doing is reading the word and just asking for the Lord just to speak to us today about what it is that he wants us to hear. This is about how God shapes us and molds us in our reading of the word. And so to do that, we posture ourselves in meditation, not through mind, but simply to receive from God that that this word can transform our heart. And so what we're going to ask is, we're going to ask first, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question we're going to ask. The second question we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then the third question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? And I truly believe this, that when we posture ourselves prayerfully in the reading of the word, God speaks to us in unique ways. And all I'm going to do is read for a few today because we have a shorter session today. I got daddy duties, but I want to um, read for a few and just reflect for a few. And that's why we call this the read and rant because it's not a sermon. I got nothing prepared. I'm just here to share whatever it is the Lord is speaking into me today in this reading of the word. So let's pray and let's get right to it. Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you that you've brought Lord, so many different people in so many different places with so many different backgrounds together to just read your word. And so, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would give us clarity, give us insight, um, convict us, correct us, exhort us, encourage us in whatever way is necessary today. Give us what we need today in our reading of your word, Lord. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 
one, and it says this. And look, guys, I got a paper Bible today. I left I left my iPad. So, paper Bible. <laughs> I was never open this during reading read. So. so, if you hear all the pages flipping, it's because I'm reading through a paper Bible today. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came to pass in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Verse four, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in your in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch from an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot and it was facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north calamity shall break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They shall come, and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all around, and against all the cities of Judah. I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness, because they have forsaken me, burned incense to other gods, and worshipped the works of their own hands. Therefore, prepare yourself and arise, and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests, against the people of the land. They will fight against you and they will not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Chapter two, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem saying, thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal. When you went, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown, Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruits of his increase that I will devour him. Sorry, that all that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what injustice have your fathers found in me, that they have gone from me 
have followed idols and have become idolaters. Neither did they say, where is the Lord who brought us out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through the land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt. I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness. And when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me. Their prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Therefore, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord. And against your children's children, I will bring charges. For pass beyond the coasts of Cyprus and, set, and see, send to Kedar and consider diligently and see if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he plundered? The young lions roared at him and growled. They made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitant. Also the people of Noth and of Tapanis have broken the crown of your head and have not brought this on, sorry, have you not brought this on yourself in that you have forsaken the Lord your God when he led you in the way? And now why take the road to Egypt to drink the waters of Sihor? And why take the road of Assyria to drink the waters of the river? Your own wickedness will correct you and your backslidings will rebuke you. Now, therefore, and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God and the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord of hosts. Hmm. For of old I have broken your yoke and burst your bonds. And you said, I will not transgress when on every high hill and under every green tree you lay down playing the harlot. Yet I have planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into a degenerate plant of an alien vine? For though you wash yourself with lye, and use much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me, says the Lord God. How can you say I am not polluted? I have not gone after the bales. See your way in the valley. Know that you have know what you have done. You are a swift dromedary, breaking loose in her ways. A wild donkey used in the wilderness that sniffs at the wind in her desire, in her time of mating, who can turn her away. All those who seek her will not weary themselves. In her mouth they will find her. Withhold your foot from being unshod and your throat from thirst. But you said there is no hope. No, for I have loved aliens and after them I will go 
As the thief is ashamed when he is found out, so is Israel ashamed. They and their kings and their princes and their priests and their prophets, saying to a tree, you are my father, and to a stone you gave birth to me, for they have turned their back to me and not their face. But in the time of their trouble, they will say, arise and save us. But where are your gods that you have made for yourself? Let them arise if they can save you in the time of trouble, for according to the number of your cities are your gods, O Judah. Why will you plead with me? You have transgressed against me, says the Lord. In vain you have chastened your children. They received no correction. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. O generation, see the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to Israel or a land of darkness? Why do my people say we are lords? We will come no more to you. Hmm. Can a virgin forget her ornaments? Or bride her attire. Can people, can, yet my people have forgotten me. Sorry, yet my people have forgotten me. Days without number. Why do you beautify your way to seek love? Therefore, you have also taught the wicked woman your ways. Also on your skirts is found the blood of the lives of poor innocents. <laughs> I have not found it by secret search, but plainly on all these things. Yet you say, because I'm innocent, surely his anger shall turn from me. Behold, I will plead my case against you because you say, I have not sinned. Why do you gad about so much to change your way? Also, you shall be ashamed of Egypt as you were ashamed of Assyria. Indeed, you will go forth from him with your hand on your head, for the Lord has rejected your trusted allies and you will not prosper by them. Chapter 3. Then if they say, if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's, may he return to her again? Would not that land be greatly polluted? But you have played the harlot with many lovers. Yet you return to me, says the Lord. <laughs> Lift up your eyes to the desolate heights and see. Where have you not lain with men? By the road you have sat with you have sat for them, like an Arabian in the wilderness, and you have polluted the land with your harlotries and your wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withheld, and there have been no latter rain. You have had a harlot's forehead. You have refused to be ashamed. Will you not see this time? Cry to me. My father, you are the guide of my youth. Will you remain angry forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, you have spoken and done evil things as you were able. The Lord also said to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Then I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear and went and played the harlot also. Goodness gracious. So it came to pass through her casual harlotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah has not turned to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, says the Lord.
Goodness gracious. Then the Lord said to me, backsliding Israel has shown herself more righteous than the treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return backsliding Israel, says the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall on you for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree and you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you and I will take you from one city and two from a family and I will bring you to Zion and I will give you <coughs> shepherds according to my heart and you will feed, sorry, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in those days, says the Lord, that they will say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it be made anymore. At the time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Israel. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given as an inheritance to your father. But I said, how can I put you among the children and give you a pleasant land, a beautiful heritage of the host of nations? And I said, you shall call me my father and not turn away from me. Surely as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. A voice has heard on the desolate heights, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel, for they have perverted their way. They have forgotten the Lord their God. Return you backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Hmm. Indeed, we do come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel, for shame has devoured the labor of our fathers from our youth, their flock and their heads, their sons and their daughters. We lie down in our shame and our reproach covers us, for we have sinned against the Lord our God, we and our fathers, from our youth even to this day and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, our God, and not have obeyed the voice of the Lord, our God. I know I almost sound like a broken record when I say there's so much to unpack from that. There's so much to, to break down from that. And it's unfortunate because of course, we're not afforded the kind of time to really break down all of that feel like there needs to be a Bible study for everything and we can all sit and just work these, these, these verses and really work through them. But that's not what we're here to do. I mean, the whole purpose of our time together is to really spend time in re reading and reflecting on what the scripture says and to look at it in its totality. I want to begin first by saying that Jeremiah, if you notice, Jeremiah's tone is a little bit different than Isaiah's tone. Jeremiah is another one of the major prophets because of the volume of what Jeremiah wrote. We've been reading through the history of Israel 
And through the history of Israel, we've been reading about the things that transpired. If you've been with us in the Read and Rant, you've seen all of this already. Like you, you've read through this. We, we've, we've read through all of this. We've seen this in the historical narratives. We've seen this in First uh, Kings and Second Kings, First um, Chronicles and Second Chronicles. We've seen this already. And so at the same time, as, as we've talked about Isaiah, we see now Jeremiah and his perspective of it. And you'll notice that the way this is written is that this book is written in past tense. It's not written in full present tense because Jeremiah, <clears throat> um, Jeremiah is really a compilation of Jeremiah's work. It's a compilation of or a collection of, you know, Jeremiah's sermons and his speeches and his writings. And so it was compiled by um, by a scribe um, named Baruch. And Baruch then took all of Jeremiah's uh, writings and he compiled them together. And so we're reading, um, we, what you'll notice is that this is being read in a lot of ways in reflection and in honor of Jeremiah's ministry. But we're also reading it in a tense that seems like it's past tense because it was written all throughout Jeremiah's ministry, spoken all throughout Jeremiah's ministry, and then now being brought together and put together. Kind of, you could say, kind of a greatest hits, yeah, in that sense. And so what we're pointing out really are highlights of things that Jeremiah had spoken to. And I think what's interesting about all of this, if you really want to ask me, and I know I'm not afforded the kind of time to really fully rant through this, but it speaks to the voice of the prophet that our prophets are the unpopular voices. Our prophets are the ones that people don't really want to hear or listen to because our prophets are always going to speak against the cultural grain. Prophets are in general, not popular people because prophets are going to call out the principalities, call out the idols, call out the cultural norms that deviate us from the will of God. And so what I find interesting in all of this is that in all of the stories and the history that we read throughout 1 Kings and 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, through all of that, you don't hear Jeremiah's voice in this, and yet Jeremiah was shouting. We're reading this, and we've read everything that transpired in that moment, and Jeremiah is saying, this stuff is going to go down if y'all don't get yourselves right. And so here we are now on this side of it, reading all the stuff that Jeremiah spoke about and preached about. And you would go, man, if only Israel heard what Jeremiah was saying. And so Israel really missed it because if you'll notice, even through the historical narratives, that Jeremiah just wasn't somebody that many people were listening to at the time. And yet people began to listen because afterwards they saw the consequence of what had transpired. I think there's something to say about when we actually face a remnant of the wrath of God. There's something to say about that. And the one thing it does is, is that it opens our receptivity to hear what God is actually saying. Like, like it opens us to actually going, wait a second, maybe I missed something. You ever had a point in your life where you, you feel like everything's going right, you're doing everything right, 
right? You you feel like, you know, you, you got it together. You're running it well. You feel like, man, I got life and life is good. You feel like that? I find that it's when life falls apart. That's when we have a unique opportunity to reorient ourselves back to Jesus. It's actually when our lives are falling apart that attunes us, that sends an alarm that says to us, hold on a second, who's actually at the center of our lives? Is it Jesus or is it our ability? Is it our power? Is it our comfort? Is it our influence? Is it our money? Like what? What is our life governed by? And so for many of us, it takes life falling apart to actually reorient us back to what actually matters in life. It took that season in your life for you to realize this is what actually matters. It took those difficulties. It took maybe sickness. It took discomfort. It took financial distress, it took that to actually reorient you and realign you to what actually matters. And yes, the trials will sober you up. The difficulties will awaken you and say, hold on a second. I thought I could do bad all by myself. And yet all by myself, all I've been seeing is that I've done bad. Life has a way of reorienting us back to really, what are our idols? Like, what actually governs our lives? Like, what actually leads us? Like, like what actually moves us? Why do we make the decisions we make? What, what, why do I, why, why do I, why did I marry this person? Why did I take this job? Why did I, why do I do anything that I do? I think a lot of us, we diminish how much we're influenced by culture, by the idols of culture, by the influence of what's happening around us, by what seems normal to everyone else. When you really think about it, what influences your decisions? Like, why do you do what you do? Why did you marry the person that you married? Why did you take the job that you took? Why did you buy that thing that you bought? Why do you do anything that you do? I think a lot of us, we don't realize how little God plays in the decisions we make, how much we just kind of put him to the side and how much God is kind of a sidekick to our lives. Not realizing that for many of us, we've been governing our lives by whatever culture tells us, whatever the idols of culture tell us. But there's that moment when life falls apart, when things ain't going the way it needs to go, when all of a sudden you go, oh, snap. Actually, I'm not in control. Only God is. And so we reorient ourselves back to God's will, not ours. There's something beautiful about that. And here's the reality is, is that for many of us, that's all we're really chasing. We're just chasing things that are not really going to fulfill us in totality. I say that because Jeremiah is speaking and we're reading Jeremiah after the fact. We're reading Jeremiah after Israel is in captivity. We're reading Jeremiah after Israel has chased 
everything the world has offered. We're reading Jeremiah after Israel, who was set aside to live a life that's distinct. We don't chase after pleasure and comfort. We don't chase after those things. Those are the things that govern us. Those are the things that move us. It's the glory of God that does. And yet those things that we think move us, that we chase after for happiness or for comfort or for pleasure or for whatever it may be, those things, they fade away. Like how long has it been, fam, that you've chased comfort and yet have not found it? How long has it been since you chased happiness and you haven't found it? How long has it been since you've chased comfort and haven't found it? How long has it been since you chased security and yet feel so insecure right now? How long has it been that you've chased accolades and affirmations and have not found it? Could it be that those things that you're chasing to feed those things that you believe that you desire are the very things that could be robbing you from the very things that will make you whole inside. Really evaluate what governs you because sometimes we're chasing temporary things that give us remnants of what we truly want. But at the end of the day, what we want is to be made whole. That's what we want. What we want is to be renewed and restored. What we want is to be restored and and reconciled and replenished and yet we find ourselves here. We read what happened to Israel. Israel falls under the captivity of the Babylonian empire. Why? Because Israel chased after what all the other Canaanites chased after. Israel chased after all the things that culture told them. This is what, this is what matters in life. Israel did not, was not governed by God. Israel was governed by culture. And because Israel was governed by culture, Israel fell into a precipitous decline and lived as the culture lived. And some of you may go, well, you know, I don't see the danger in that. Israel didn't see that either. And yet look what it says to us about what happened to Israel. I'm sorry, I got to flip through pages here because some stuff really sticks out to me here, fam. This is what happens when you chase what the culture chases. You begin to live as the culture lives. Ooh, let me say that again. When you chase life the way that the culture chases it, you begin to live as the culture lives. And when you live as the culture lives, you fall under the same consequences that the culture faces. It's no surprise that even believers now suffer what the culture suffers. The same things that we're chasing after, the culture is chasing after, and yet now we find ourselves under the same predicament that the culture is in. So if we're going to get something better than culture, then we have to do something other than culture. Try something different. Try Jesus. Try Jesus.
Let me ask you something real quick. Look at what Israel does. Verse 31. O generation, see the word of the Lord. Have I been in the wilderness to Israel or a land or a land of darkness? Where do my people say, we are lords? We will come no more to you. Culture seeks their own pleasure, their own wisdom. It's the rule of self. It's the rule of me, myself, and I. It's the rule of what makes me happy and what makes me feel better, what makes me feel more comfortable. It's the rule of that. And so here in verse 31, he's, t- he's speaking to Israel saying, oh, so you're your own lords now, just like the culture is their own lord? In chapter 2, verse 31. Then in chapter 2, verse 32, if you read through, can a virgin forget her ornaments or bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me. Days without number. How many of us have done that? Where life gets so comfortable that all of a sudden God doesn't matter anymore. Like like when life gets so, it's like you feel like, well, now I got the job I've been looking for. Now I have, you know, the husband that I've been looking for. I got the job I was looking for. I got the husband that I was looking for. I got the wife I was looking for. I got the title I was looking for. I finally got that degree. I got the money right. Man, I'm living life. How many of us have said that? Isn't it funny how when life gets comfortable, all of a sudden, God takes the back seat in our lives? Like now God becomes a sidekick. And all of a sudden, we become the rulers of our own selves. We become less dependent on God because somehow we bought the lie that somehow we did this for ourselves and we got ourselves there. It's a dangerous thing to feel like you're in control and that you got this and that God is just a side piece who you can call when you need him. Sometimes it takes us going through things to realize, apart from him, we can do nothing. How many of us have been there? I know I've been there. I've been there. I've been there where I feel like, man, I got this. And God completely wrecks you. I know, I know, because I've been there. I've seen a lot of success. I've seen a lot of things. I've experienced a lot of things. And I said yes to God, gave my life to Jesus. And I said yes to ministry, thought I had it all together. And all of a sudden, I became homeless. Homeless with a three-year-old son and a pregnant wife, homeless. All we had was the car and then the car got stolen. Homeless with no car and nothing. And it takes you being there for God to completely break you down and pull you apart and tear you apart to finally realize I'm nothing without him. I'm nothing. Verse 33, why do you beautify your way to seek love? Oh my gosh. Like, just think about that. What, why are we, why, why have we created our own way of seeking love when love has been readily provided to us? Why do we seek out other ways for affirmation and love? 
And then verse 34, he says, also on your skirts is found the blood of the lives of poor innocents. I'm just going to make it real simple for you. They had fallen precipitously. Their morality has fallen precipitously. They have completely declined in moral depravity because they were chasing what Canaan was chasing. When they came to Canaan to bring influence to Canaan, they chased what Canaan was chasing. And now, verse 34, they're living as Canaan lived. People go, man, why is he so harsh? Why is Jeremiah so harsh? You know, like it seems like, you know, this seems more racial than anything else. Maybe you didn't know what the Canaanites were doing. Maybe you didn't know that the way the Canaanites worshipped their Baals was through horrific practices of the exploitation of women and children. Maybe you didn't know that the way they would worship is through gang rape. Maybe you didn't know that the way that they worshiped was through the sacrifice of children. They would shed the blood of children as part of their sacrifice. And Israel is now doing the same thing. Israel is now living just like them. Israel is doing what they're doing, living as they lived, and now are exploiting even the innocent. Verse 34, they're shedding the blood of the lives of poor innocents. Yet you say, because I'm innocent, surely his anger will turn from me manipulating the grace of God. Behold, I will plead my case against you because you have said I have not sinned. And so now where is Israel? Israel's lost in the sauce. And Jeremiah has seen this and has been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and saying, Israel, you can't keep living like this. You can't keep living like this because God called you to something greater. You can't keep living like this because God has called you to something better. This is how quickly we fall into depravity when we chase things other than God, when we become our own lords and our own kings. What governs your life? Who governs your life? Why do you make the decisions you make? Jeremiah is calling them out. And Israel has not been listening. Jeremiah is telling them, hey, y'all, guys, this ain't good. Listen, you guys, this ain't good. Guys, you need to change. Guys, you can't live like this. Guys, this is not what we were called to. We were called to something greater than this. God has his name on us. He had a plan through us. He wanted his righteousness and justice to be established through us. Guys, this ain't good. And the things that you see that they've suffered and the life that they've lived and what they have. We talk about Game of Thrones and how they lived in Game of Thrones and how this is just a PG. Game of Thrones is just a PG version of how these people used to live. But we see how they've ended. It never ends well for people who live this way. And Jeremiah's letting them know, fam, 
This ain't good. Wake up. And nobody is listening. And so he calls him the harlot because God is saying, I'm married to you. He's saying, Israel, I'm married to you. Like I, you're mine. I called you by my name. I gave you my name. I gave you my name. I'm married to you. You're married to me. The bride of God is Israel. Israel is God's bride. And yet Israel is out living a life outside of God and outside and now not serving under the headship and the lordship of God, but now of Christ. I got you in the house. Exactly right, Gary. But you want to be in the streets like you want to be for the streets. What are you doing, Israel? Do you not even do you not even see? Like, have you are you so lost in the sauce that you can't even see? That sexual or exploitation of young women is wrong, Israel? Can, can you not even see? That killing babies for worship is wrong. Have you, what happened? And I know we, we don't get, we, we don't have a chance to get through all the history here. So I can't really break this all down. I don't have enough time to teach all this, but Israel had broken off uh, into two nations that you had the nation in the North and you had the nation in the South. The nation in the North was Israel. The nation in the South is um is Judah. And so you've got Israel. The capital of Israel was Samaria. The capital of Judah was Jerusalem. And then he's like, it ain't just Israel, it's Judah as well. And so he talks about the sister Judah. That's where you get the sister Judah from. So a little bit of teaching there. And like Judah, who is the covenantal continuation of child uh, uh, of God of sorry of of the the covenant of God the continuation of the covenant Judah's doing the same thing this is just and I want to because I'm, I'm, I'm I want to stop right here because I really want I want you to sit on this for a second just think about for a moment just think about this for a moment I want you to think about just for a moment some of the things that we've done and it wasn't done on purpose. Like we didn't do it. We didn't do it going, I intended to hurt people. I intended to, you know, destroy people's lives. I intended for people to be manipulated and exploited. I intended that for many of us, that wasn't our intention, but I want you to think about this for a moment about the times in your life, in each and every one of your lives, the times where you chased 
but what's best for yourself. The times where you were your own Lord, the times where you're governed by me, myself, and I, I want you to think about this for a moment and think about in that season of backsliding in your life, the people who were hurt, the people who were manipulated, because you didn't come with that intention, but because you put yourself first, and you put your own pleasure, your own happiness first because you put that first and you did not seek the glory of Christ, the glory of God. Because of that, some ugly things happened in that season. Some some ugly stuff happened. Just think about that for a moment because I need some people to really sit on this for a second. Think about the stuff that you did for your own satisfaction, for your own pleasure, for your own power, for your own preservation, for whatever it is for yourself, not under the lordship of Christ, but under the lordship of me. And I want you to think about even in all that selfishness and all that selfish desire and all that stuff that you sought for yourself and all the cultural norms that you followed because culture tells you one thing and you followed it and you tried it and think about all the people that you hurt in the midst of that. Backsliding comes with brokenness. Backsliding comes from brokenness and comes with brokenness. And now, because you find yourself here, there are many of you who you're still dealing with the shame and the guilt of the consequences of those decisions and that way of living. And there's some of you right now that are going, man, I'm feeling this right now because I know exactly where I've been. I know exactly what I've done. I know exactly. And I know, and I know that some of you are asking like, why did I do that? Like, why was I, why was I this per, who is this? Like, I never saw myself to be this person. I know there's some people right now who know exactly what I'm talking about. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you're Israel right now. And you may have backslidden and you may be backsliding and you're looking at who you've become or who you were and you hate it. You hate it. And it's ugly. Because me, myself, and I produces some really, really ugly things. And some of you right now are still consumed by the shame of it, the guilt of it. And you're like, I don't know how to shake this off. And some of you are hearing this and saying, I don't know how to get back to God. I don't know how to get back to God with all the stuff that I did. I'm going to leave you with one verse to encourage you because I got to go. Verse 22. Make Jeremiah 3 verse 22 a verse for you today if you're that person. Make Jeremiah 3.22 your verse today. I see all of y'all in the comments right now saying, that's me. I'm, I'm still dealing with shame and guilt. I'm still dealing with all that. Make this your verse today. Return. This is Israel and Judah now. After Israel and Judah have played the harlot, 
after Israel and Judah have done everything that was abominable, sexual exploitation, child sacrifices, after all the ugly things Israel has done, God hasn't given up on Israel. After all that stuff Israel did, God's like, I'm still your husband. And even though you played the harlot, I'm still coming for you. And God invites them back to him, even after all of this has happened. And after they have fallen into captivity. And in in Jeremiah 3.22, he says this, for you who've played the harlot, for you who cause all kinds of what would seem like irreparable damage, Look what he says in verse 22. Return, you backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Did you hear that? He didn't say, I will just forgive you, but I'll heal the collateral damage. I'll heal the stuff that your backsliding did. (laughs) I'll restore the stuff that when you were so focused on yourself and you're me, myself, and I, and all that other stuff, I will restore all of that. And all you need to do is return to me. (laughs) Like, this this is the glorious hope we have, fam is for all the stuff that you, you're you looking back, like, I don't know how I did that, how I became this person, how I would do, like, why did I do this and do that? And I feel like I've left a lot of brokenness, a lot of pain. And for some of you, you're hiding from it. You're, you're hiding from your past. You can't even confront your past, and yet you're carrying your past like baggage. I've been there. I know exactly what that looks like. And God said, return to me, you who are backsliding. Notice, God is saying, I saw everything. I saw all of it. I saw all the stuff that you did. I saw all of it. And I'm saying, come back to me. I still want you. You're still mine. Even after all of that, you're still mine. Even after all the mistakes you made, You're still mine. Even all the stuff you knew didn't align with God, you're still mine. He said, return back to me. And not only will I heal you, I will heal your backslidings. I'm going to make it all right. So if you're backsliding today, you don't know how to get back to God. He's saying, just return return back to him. If you're wondering how you're going to fix all the stuff you messed up, how do you go back to the people that you've hurt? How do you let God do the work? There's a person right now that's saying, I don't know how to make right the things I've done wrong. Don't worry about that. God's got that. There's some people right now that are saying, you know, that affair that I had, I just just don't see how our marriage recovers from that. Just return back to him. Let God restore. 
you're backsliding. <laughs> you, you don't know how, you know, you, you stole somebody from a friend. You don't know how you're going to regain that friend's trust and all that and all the stuff that was ruined with that friend. I'm speaking to somebody right now. And you say, I don't know how to fix it. Return to God. Let God fix it. I don't know how to make it right. This person that I hurt and I completely manipulated and, and, and abused. Return to Christ. Return back to God. And watch how God fixes it. This was the promise he gave to Israel. And this is the promise he gives to us today. God will fix it. Because God is married to you. Return backslider. Father, I thank you. Ah, Lord, that you pursue us. I thank you, Lord, that you never give up on us. I thank you, Lord, that you put your name on us. I thank you, Lord, that we could never, ever do this on our own. And some of us have given up trying and for good reason, because we actually can't do it. So, God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would draw some people back to you to return back to you, that they can be restored in you. And Lord, that you can restore all that was broken in their season of backsliding. I say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, I got to go. I got to run. I got daddy duty, so I got to go pick up the kids. But I really feel moved by this. And I'm going to pray for you guys. I, I can't I can't emphasize this. No, I, I really feel moved this morning for each and every one of you. And I really want to pray for you guys. And I'm going to be praying throughout the day for you because what I want for you is to truly experience how God frees you from the shame of guilt and pain and how God restores not just you, but he restores everything around you. So I'm going to be in prayer for it because there's a lot of folks here who are still dealing with the shame and the guilt of their past. And God say, you are restored. And now I'm going to restore whatever you broke in that. <laughs> That's amazing, y'all. Um, I also want to say this. Um, again, guys, I, I thank you all. I can't say this enough. I thank all my patrons who support because it is your support that makes it possible for me to sit and read the Bible with you guys every day. That's that's facts. And so I'm grateful for you all. And um, I want to encourage you, if you want to support us, go to Patreon. Also, well, go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Also, I want to say this. If Patreon is not your thing and you're on TikTok, you can become a subscriber. So I'm on the, so I'm one of the guys they invited to the beta program for subscriptions. And so if you're looking to support, subscriptions will be available on, uh, on the 25th. So on, on May 25th, you can become a subscriber on TikTok. You can subscribe to the lives. I look forward to that. When I'm doing my lives with my Patreons for Bible study, I got some plans that I want to do where I can now incorporate my TikTok people as well. Maybe I'll do my subscribers because you guys are in. You guys are the ones who are really about that life. <laughs> um, but that doesn't stop anything we're doing. It's actually the support of our patrons that keeps me doing this. That allows me to be able to come here every morning and read. And so 
Um, thank you guys. You guys have made it all possible. I love you guys very much. And I, like I said, I'm going to be praying for you guys because I really believe this, that the Lord wants to break someone free today from the chain of shame and guilt. And I proclaim this and I declare this over you today, that God is breaking you, loosing you from the chains of shame and guilt, that you're going to truly experience his love and his grace, that you won't be held down by the lie of the enemy, the accuser of the brethren who says, this is it. You're done. Your life is over. You've screwed up. There's nothing else from here. When God says, I came that you may have life and to have it more abundantly, God's going to turn it around for you. You're about to experience a new dimension of his love and grace. And I proclaim this and declare this today, that someone's going to be renewed in him today. Today is a day of rebirth for somebody. Today's a day of rebirth for seven of y'all who are on here. And I'm just grateful that, that it's happening even in this moment. I love y'all fam. I will see you guys tomorrow. We're going to keep plugging away, but I'm going to be in prayer throughout the day.